2: This episode of the Cold Popsha podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, listen to up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, or give us something to discuss in our new post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, then please consider joining the cult and donating at ww.patreon.com/slash cult Welcome everybody to the Cold Popshire Podcast. Uh, My name is AJ, and I'm joined in studio, and by (laughs) studio I mean my filthy, filthy bedroom with Rowan. Hey Rowan.
1: Good day, AJ.
0: Filthy, filthy Rowan. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Happy post-pandemic hangout. This is the first time we've seen each other in a couple of months.
1: Happy socials.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Richard over in Auckland by himself in his bedroom studio. Yep. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I
0: mean, it's, you know, a lot of podcasts are recorded alone. <laughs> You're normally alone.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, so um yeah, this is the Cold Option podcast and today in in sort of I want to say in honor of, but it's more in reference to uh <laughs> the ex- what felt like extremely unlikely news of Zack Snyder's Justice League uh getting the go ahead. Um we thought it would be fun to do a podcast where we talk about the snyder cut as well as other forms of lost media that was initially the plan however (laughs) um lost media turns out as like an official classification of media and not just a term you can be like yeah this is lost media sure um so, sorry, I'm just readjusting my microphone. Um, so Lost Media specifically refers, refers to two, season 1 to 6 of the 2004
0: TV show starring Matthew Fox.
2: Starring Matthew Fox, yeah. Um no, according to the the Lost Media Wiki and that is not Lostpedia, Richard, that's just Oh, <laughs> I did all my research <laughs> on that. Right. I I, didn't I, get I, it I all now. my
0: everything I brought was just about the Hurley Bird. <laughs>
2: um so yeah even on the lost media wiki there seems to be debate as to what officially counts as lost media but from what i can see lost media is uh, refers to fully made films or media whatever that existed but now no known trace of it exists so for example there are 97 early episodes of doctor who which are lost um, mm. because they were old and the, the studio just taped over them and the only way they've been able to recover some of these lost episodes is by people, from people who taped them themselves on mm. their TV mm. Yeah. Um, the 1929 film The Broadway Melody which was the second film to ever win Best Picture is partially lost as it was shot in Technicolor but now only a black and white version exists wow. uh, which is significant because it was Technicolor before Wizard of Oz um so that's that's a ten, fun one 10 years before 10 years before mm. uh the fall of a nation which was the first ever film sequel to a birth of a nation not the first ever sequel to a birth of a nation which it was specifically which it was that as well uh, that film is lost uh maybe for the best yeah. because from what i understand those films are pretty racist um <laughs>
1: That you can say racy, <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> racist.
2: So while while it would be cool to do an entire podcast on just lost media, we did want to expand our. You know, research a bit mainly because I don't think any of us have actually. Yeah, we want to talk about stuff from the last 10 years. Lost eh? media. I don't think any of us have actually seen any lost movies, have we? <laughs> <laughs> um, So we're expanding our definition a bit to look at lost, partially lost, unavailable, unmade, or cancelled midway through production media. So movies or whatever which had intriguing early versions we never got to see, halted development midway through, were kept from the public, or in the case of the Snyder Cut, sounded like they did. Didn't even exist really. Until <laughs> there. Um, well, it doesn't so,
0: actually technically exist yet.
2: That's true. Yeah. So, what is the Snyder Cut? I hear you asking, and this might be a legitimate question. I'm sure we have plenty of listeners who could not be bothered keeping up with this very tedious <laughs> Hollywood story over the last couple of years, <laughs> or however long it's been going on. So. Um, envisioned originally as part of a multi-movie story arc some sources say it was two films some say it's supposed to be a trilogy uh 2017's justice league was, it, it supposed was to officially conclude.
0: announced by dc when they did their the upcoming slate of the dceu mm. um it was justice league part one and two uh part one in 2017 part two in 2019
2: Right, there you go. Um, So the the movies were supposed to conclude the main DC Universe storyline, which was started in Man of Steel, the Superman film, in 2013, and Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice in 2016. And writing these down, it just reminded me how fucking tone-deaf the titling scheme was for this (laughs) series. Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. What are you doing? Anyway, sorry. Maybe we can get to that later. Um, Both Man of Steel and Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice were directed by Zack Snyder uh, and neither of which were really received all that positively (laughs) by critics. Um, Following a family tragedy in May of 2017, Snyder stepped down from director of Justice League and was replaced with Joss Whedon, who, if you don't know, directed Avengers 1 and 2, if that's relevant, among other things. Um, and he completed the film as an uncredited director. So if you watch Justice League now, technically it still says directed by Zack Snyder at the start of
1: it. Because yeah. um, who would want to put their name on the completed film? Well, when when it says
2: like, it says like when J- Joss Whedon's credit for whatever it is comes up, it appears on the same screen as a hobo sitting on the side of the road holding a cardboard sign that says, I tried on it. <laughs> Just Whedon trying to tell us something. Um, so, Whedon oversaw reshoots and other changes that added a brighter tone and more humor and cut the runtime down to 120 minutes in accordance with a mandate from Warner Bros. Uh, the Theatrical Justice League was a commercial failure and received mixed to negative reviews. Um, That's very leading, generous. <laughs> <laughs> leading Warner Bros. to reevaluate the future of the DCEU. So, it's very bad. Um, I didn't like the film. Did you guys like the film?
1: i did not like the film <laughs> yeah i i did not like the film either
2: i did not like the film either i didn't like batman v superman but justice oh, league made made <laughs> oh, i'm not i'm just saying my opinion I think, I think it's like you're
0: trying to be better than like no. i didn't like batman no, v <laughs> i thought the dceu was going downhill before anyone else
2: i will <laughs> say i didn't like man of steel when i first saw it and i feel like everyone was a lot more warmer to that film um mm. so in that way I I am oh, I
0: don't like the Dark Knight Rises
2: <laughs> <laughs> so um I didn't like Batman V Superman but Justice League made Batman V Superman appear as this intelligent brooding <laughs> kind of <laughs> philosophical <laughs> yeah. movie um because also
0: um Batman V Superman uh got a director's cut as well whichever like Snyder fanboys anyway say like drastically improves the film
2: I bet it doesn't I bet <laughs> it, it doesn't
1: it, it improves the film oh, but drastically but, like it still has all the same sort of overall problems. But Rowan, yeah. were
2: you a, were you a DC fanboy <laughs> at one stage? I have a vague memory. <laughs> Okay. Of it's 2016, you come up to Auckland <laughs> where me and Richard are flatting at the time. Um, and we have as a joke a Batman v Superman poster on the wall <laughs> yeah. along next to our Space Jam and Speed 2 cruise control and Fifty Shades of Grey posters. Uh-huh. And you were like, Why have you got Batman v Superman up there? And we're like, Oh, we kind of like collecting cool posters for bad movies. And you were like, That's not a bad movie. Mm. And I remember we all didn't say anything. And we very, <laughs> very, very awkward. Yeah. Um, conversational topic.
1: no, yeah, I liked, um, man of steel Mm -hmm. uh and then i uh when i first saw batman vs superman there was lots i didn't like about it and then kind of as i sat with it i just didn't mind it i didn't dislike Mm. it like it's it's very pointedly one vision of how to do that franchise
2: that's and i think that's the nicest thing you could say about the dc (laughs) eu is that compared to marvel the their individual films do feel like they have more directorial mm. direction flavor than a lot of the marvel films which almost in a lot of ways feel like they're directed by the same person
1: the, the thing i'll say for batman versus superman is it's like it's comically trying to be a gritty grown-up version of the yeah. superhero genre to yeah. the point where it just gets absolutely ridiculous mm. um but, like, to what you said about Justice League is it at least makes Batman vs Superman. You can see that Batman vs Superman is at least a coherent singular whole. And it's got and ideas. It, it works as a film. It's whereas- about,
2: like, what would happen if God became a superhero. Like, yeah. I yeah, like yeah. that. You, you That's
0: could cool. describe Batman v Superman to someone and they'd say, that sounds cool.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you can say you don't like the film, but to say it's, like, a poorly made film... Mm. or like a failure of a of a vision no it's is, not a failure of a vision yeah, it's, the, the it's,
0: theatrical it's, cut is very messy in terms of plot though yeah now, i like I, would...
2: I don't know if tommy why the room is a failure of a vision either <laughs> <laughs>
1: but you can still look at the room and go oh it's like in inco- it's like incoherent, incoherent yeah, and it's, it's, it's not well made, made. <laughs> whereas uh batman vs superman is well made in term in a as a on a craft level and then justice league is a hodgepodge yes. of a fix-up job
2: yeah Um, So this led to the rise of the Release the Snyder Cut movement, uh, which was a hashtag, among other things. I'm sure there's a website, snydercut.com or something (laughs) like that. Um, So the Snyder Cut referred to the abstract idea because there wasn't literally... A cut that just wasn't released um, Mm. of Zack Snyder's original vision, an unimpeded Justice League, which didn't get bogged down with unnecessary humor or a reduced runtime. Uh, Some believed this version existed as simply an unreleased film, as opposed to the more likely scenario of it being a bunch of uncut footage and unfinished CGI. There are some great videos. Folding Ideas has a great video on which he released last year on why the Snyder cut doesn't exist. So interested to see his follow up. Well, it's (laughs) actually
0: because he is right.
2: Like, because yeah, yeah. in the video he kind
0: of says like there isn't a like a, a piece that they can do, that they're just sitting on a shelf somewhere that they can just release. It's like they mm. would need to sink tens of millions of dollars into this, and I don't think they're going to do that. And it's like, <laughs> well, th- that is what happened, but yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So the uh, release the Snyder Cut movement seemed pretty grassroots and f- and fan run until actors from the film like Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot and even Snyder himself began tweeting about it and posting about the Snyder Cut on social media, um, and it was co- finally confirmed about a week or a week a week or so ago sorry that Zack Snyder's Justice League will be financed around thirty million dollars as their conservative estimate, mm. um, and released on HBO's upcoming streaming service HBO Max now
1: can't wait i it's
2: very interesting my god mm. it's i'm so interested yeah in 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 this but nothing about zack snyder's previous movies at the dc universe make me think it'll be particularly good um i think that zack Snyder's not a very good storyteller i think he can make some stuff look really cool visually. Yeah, he's a great visual
0: artist mm. he'd be good with um music videos
2: Mm, yeah uh but there is no there, there's this weird kind of attitude with snyder fanboys that this is somehow like the this auteur's vision and it's like uh, look at this it, dude. It an auteurs vision
1: what is he an auteur though <laughs> yeah he's he's like the definition of an auteur what do you think the definition of auteur is can someone fact check us on the definition a, an of auteur, auteur is please? like
2: a, a master of a craft
1: no it's just like a very singular uh um, no, i don't think so uh, rowan's right
2: what? Hey, oh. What does it mean? <laughs> uh,
0: it, it's, it's like to do It's with, neither positive um, or negative. It's like the individual style, and they have complete creative control over all elements. So Michael okay. Michael Bay is an auteur. Rowan called him the last auteur in Hollywood um, <laughs> on our Transformers <laughs> episode. But yeah. it's like, yeah, it, when every every single facet of production is this director's vision. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Ryan so, auteur. yeah, Michael Bay is a kind of pure auteur because he just seems to get complete control and no one, you know, any proves it every wow. time by making yeah. billions of dollars it, and no one ever questions like, them
2: it seems like auteurs just aren't very good then
1: yeah
0: yeah well mm. like nolan tarantino wes anderson right these are right. all ones when when it's like you know you could look at a prop from their films and know that it's their vision
1: mm. Oh, and they just have the position in their career to tell executives to go fuck themselves because they want to make exactly the movies they want to make. Oh,
2: an anti-Peter Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay, now I understand
1: what auteur is now. Um,
2: Uh, So... Regardless of that small detour, like he's—I don't think he's a good director. I don't think he's a good storyteller. But the, the Snyder fanboys is, uh, seem to act like um, we missed out on some like on like the greatest superhero team up movie ever in Justice mm-hmm. League because he he had to leave and Joss Whedon took over. And I definitely think Joss Whedon uh made the film worse oh 100 100%. all the all the whedonisms in there are bad but i don't know if
1: i would prefer we'll we'll get into this later but it's i reckon there's a parallel here to what you always say about why the rise of skywalker sucked which is it's one thing it's You've got to at least continue the the direction. Mm. You can't backtrack. And Justice League is, it's even worse than Rise of Skywalker in that sense because it's backtracking in the middle of production and trying to like undo mm. a bunch of stuff that was in the can and, sure, and yeah. on and like already committed to in the course of one film. And like you mentioned that it's got like a brighter tone. It like literally has a brighter tone because they've taken footage that was meant to be yeah. contrasty and <laughs> shot in one direction and then just cranked the saturation <laughs> and tried to make it the way Joss Whedon would have shot it. Um, a mess and and so like the thing we're actually going to get is the original vision of what was committed when those films uh, those scenes were filmed not the half reshot Mm. half re-edited you know it's it's no one's vision by the time you get to justice league the theatrical cut right
2: but i would not be surprised if Zack snyder's
1: justice league Oh, was yeah. worse!
2: Than yeah, no, Justice no. League 2017. I don't I think, think it'll it be, be. I think worse. it'll be
1: more coherent. And I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't think it can be worse. Because what we got wasn't even really a film. Yeah. It was just a. Yeah. It was just a mess. Um, like it, we already knew post Batman vs Superman that like the Zack Snyder gamble that Warner Brothers had taken on this or to a filmmaker had failed. Like it wasn't. They weren't going to get themselves to the Marvel pole position that they wanted but they were already like four films into production and they were like hundreds of millions of dollars committed on Zack snyder so so let's at least see that gamble (laughs) you know played out to its end the film probably won't be good it's probably even worse again than batman vs superman because i don't know if you can recall but like right after batman vs superman came out and they were already halfway through production of justice league part one or whatever they were up to in justice league there were articles where they had people they had like invited the press onto set to like reassure them that no we're putting like jokes in and the tone is sort of shifting so like even within whatever the snyder cut ends up being it's still a a backtrack from what his original vision for those films would have been and then he got i reckon putting the tinfoil hat on he got fired like no his daughter i know yeah his daughter (laughs) his daughter died but <laughs> Rome it, won't why, even why, say why is kill, killed herself because he thinks the studio did it <laughs> <laughs> no uh no that's obviously i i think that's like a very separate and tragic thing the fact that he's coming back to do his version of the film to me just says he was never okay with leaving the project right um he has
2: said it's it's uh, there's an element of closure yeah um to which i can understand i'm just saying like the fact they even chose Zack snyder as the director to gamble their cinematic universe on was like why would you pick Zack snyder he'd just done sucker punch his worst film and <laughs> like, now you're, you're like yeah this is the guy that will that will pin everything on i don't know yeah. i think
1: but he'd done Watchmen, which was like a fanboy favorite and a mm. and a and a taking serious mm-hmm. superheroes grittily and adultly serious and then yeah, his first film out of the bat was Superman, which shouldn't really get the adult gritty treatment. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, weird,
2: weird choices <laughs> going back I, up but this
1: far. I, I guess like a team of executives were looking at what Marvel was doing, which was like skewing very family friendly, and it was already owned by Disney at that point. They were like, right, what's out in on the superhero craze that isn't just a direct copy of mm. Marvel? And so that's why they were happy to greenlight all good ideas. Zack Snyder <laughs> doing this very filmy kind of. You know, yeah, let's take superheroes seriously, which.
2: All good ideas. Yeah. It's just Superman is a is a weird one to start with that philosophy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so apparently, the Snyder Cut uh, will be, which is officially being just called Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, Much classier um, name than yeah. yeah. the Much Snyder classy, Cut. Yeah. <laughs> um, apparently, it will be f- around, it could be four hours long. <laughs> um, or stuff. Which hours just long. sounds like you don't know. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, like, let's know how to address it that film. point,
1: right? Because I, I think. I think it's clear that the the Snyder cut that people were globbing onto is comes from this idea that you see all the time on film Twitter, where you get articles like, "Did you know the original cut of such and such was three and a half hours long?" It's like, mm. and you know, and it, it, the same articles will always try out the same point in response to those sort of factoids that the first cut of any movie is like well, yeah. four times longer yeah, than the, the theatrical the edition. Cut, so. That's yeah, the assembly cut like the, the work prints of justice league were of course going to be much longer and the ones that Zack snyder had completed were quote unquote the snyder cut but they also weren't finished films yeah. they were just versions of everything they'd shot yeah. so uh so now we get this like fire up of now that the Zack snyder's justice league is going to be a thing there's like a fan petition to release a four-hour cut of star wars episode three and it's like that film doesn't exist and (laughs) sure four hours worth of footage might exist but like you're dredging up like you're just extending the ins and out points of every scene to make it longer like that's not actually more story so uh, that's i think where the justice league released the snyder cut thing came from because of course there was going to be a longer a a more zack snyder official version but (laughs) that's not that that's why they need to pump 30 million dollars into it to actually finish the yeah, edit
2: yeah. that'll be all for cgi or complete the edit
1: i know i think it's as simple as like you have to help hire an editorial staff and yeah. a post-production crew to come on and do like several months worth of work and yeah a whole bunch of cgi probably to un- mm. unfuck what uh was done to the sort of yeah movie he but-
2: shared zack snyder tweeted a picture of Darkseid or dark seed how do you say dark it? dark, dark, side? dark yeah. side who is apparently in the snyder cup but wasn't in 2017's Justice League yeah
0: there's the the whole bit oh, on Themyscira or um, Apocalypse or we, like there, there's a bit and you see the Green Lanterns um, you mm-hmm. know that part of the movie um, flashback it's like yeah. a, the flashback right. with the mother boxes apparently Darkseid was
1: supposed to be the villain then um, but he was cut well, from the right. film Dark so Side just, is in the ex- a, a brief flash of Darkseid is in the extended cut of Batman vs Superman right so um, he he was obviously being set up
0: yeah that, that's the scene they released afterwards wasn't it that they like a week after it was in cinemas they released it online with like mm. Or was that they might
1: I, I really no i think you're thinking of the scene that was released online when the extended cut of batman vs superman was doing its like marketing program. right yeah
0: that, and that was steppenwolf wasn't it not dark yes. oh
1: right yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm getting I very i don't know right. steppenwolf stuff well was
2: the main villain in the justice league theatrical cut these movies are stupid <laughs> Yeah. Um, but anyway, he released a promo picture that was like, it was like, it's happening or something yeah, like that, a picture yeah, of Darkseid. Yeah. It looked like shit. <laughs> the, picture, <laughs> the picture looks as bad as 2017. Yeah, because he released, just, he, sh-
0: like, he showed that picture like a year ago in black uh, and white. And that was kind uh, of his like teasing that like right, the right, Snyder right. Cut does exist. And because there's <laughs> all the stuff about like the black suit Superman that was like heavily teased mm. and like, and actors have said, um, you know, oh, like. Uh, we filled with a black suit and a it- you know, It would never well, end Zach, up in the film. Zack Snyder
1: they're... was tweeting images, yeah. close-up images of the black suit before he was fired. So it was obviously a part of the film.
2: Yeah. So, and th- this brings us back around, and we should probably move on from the Snyder Cut pretty soon. But <laughs> remember the moustache gate and how, yeah. Yeah. how Henry Cavill had a moustache and they did really bad CGI d- to remove it? Hmm. Um, we're, we're diving back into that rabbit hole.
1: The, no, the, no, to the, be fair moustache
0: gate bu- was a result of reshoots. So if Zack
1: Snyder's not using any of the reshoots. Of the reshoots, yeah. So none oh. of that. None of that footage will probably be part of this oh, new film. Oh, shit. Because yeah. it's... I mean, there, there will be... They're going to have to jump through some hoops to assemble a cut that he didn't finish shooting himself. So they, they throw away everything Joss Whedon did and they go back to everything he shot. They're still not going to have a complete movie yeah. in that material. Apparently,
2: so actors are, the actors are going to do voice work for it. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's,
0: right, there's right. ADR, but no additional shooting. But um, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure when Joss Whedon was hired... It was just, um, just see it through post-production. And then he saw the thing and was like, I need to reshoot a fuckload of this. And they (laughs) ended up like, you know, there's quite a significant chunk of that film is are clearly reshoots, and you could tell because of Henry Cavill's moustache,
1: or like yeah. and the own. and the jarring tonal shifts into comedy and yeah, it is panta. like night and day. And <laughs> <we're> st- <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's we're, literally night and day in a in a sense because it goes from like dark and gloomy to like overlit and yeah, completely yeah, different and, and stuff that was
0: clearly shot to be nighttime. They're like, yeah. oh, now it's daytime. Like the whole <laughs> climax of the film that was in the trailers, and then in the film, it's like the lighting is all different. It looks so stupid. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um we'll move on from the the Snyder Cabot. I just want to shout out to my least favourite moment of twenty seventeen's Justice League, which is when Superman returns and says something to Batman about Batman hating him, and Batman goes, I don't not like you, or something like that. And it yeah. was like I don't want to see Batman do like an insecure fucking office the office style joke <laughs> like right yeah, now well, like
0: the thing i was like and when when justice league came out and i'm surprised i didn't see more people talking about this i think people have in the day since then but like clearly there's a different resurrection of superman
2: um mm. like yeah, that's, I, that's I, no one talks go. about this huh yeah, but so at the end of Batman v Superman, the Superman dies, and the last thing you see in the film is his coffin and bits dust particles rising off it, which was your indication as an audience member that Superman was coming back. And then he comes back in a completely yeah, different it's like way. they they get, they
0: get to the film and it's like, yep, he's completely dead. All we have to do is touch this box and the water, and then we put him in the water. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It's so Outer convoluted, restraint. but like presumably there was some kind of um rebirth with like kryptonian hyper sleep which is what happened in the comics which is yeah. um, for all intents and purposes is identical to death um <laughs> for humans <laughs> um and then he was like gonna come back but be evil and that's where the black suit comes in and
1: yeah, mm. yeah. um and and Mike, michael shannon shot on justice league to do something for like a version of General's Odd that's yeah. No. Obviously, never made it to the fantasy. I, uh, I just want to. Um, something
0: as well. He was like, Yeah, well, yeah, I did a couple of. Like, I did a day of shooting for Justice League. I'd wear these fucking flippers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, everyone's like, What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to remark on the irony of how this has already happened before, almost completely within the DC like lineup of films can either of you guys do you either of you know where i'm going with this no
2: the, um I'm so the so richard so
1: cool. Donner, yeah superman 2 cut oh, right. so richard Donner shot superman 1 and superman 2 back to back same sort of thing and then was fired by the studio halfway through completing superman 2 mm, and then yeah. years later got to come back and re-edit superman 2 and so there's now two versions of superman 2 and mm. the richard Donner cut is i reckon better but it's got that same thing of you can tell where the editorial has had to kind of stitch together two different visions to make up the the stuff that he wasn't able to shoot
2: the dc style (laughs) (laughs) that's That's their trademark Uh, (laughs) right
1: but but it is really fun when you then get two different versions of the same movie at a hollywood tentpole budget it is it is fun i'm looking forward to justice league just for that reason of like Mm. yeah i mean yeah. yeah all right well i'm, I'm not to... going
0: to rewatch justice league but i'm excited to watch it <laughs> like yeah, yeah. i'm not going to rewatch it for comparison i'll just do, watch this no. do you cut. guys want a four-hour
1: cut or a mini-series what's uh, the difference
0: i would rather watch it as a
1: mini-series i, I don't have the attention span to sit there for it <laughs> <Good laughs> yeah point. it'll be a mini-series right because it's coming on a streaming service and... yeah
0: if it is that long i think it'll end up being like two hours 58 minutes or something
2: Right, Richard. Do you, shall we move on from the Snyder Cut? I'm desperate to. I'll yep. tell you what, mm-hmm. um, Richard. What have you prepared for our very uh, kind of loose definition of lost media podcast? Um,
0: okay, that do we're you want a, a big one or a, do you want the good news or the bad news? <laughs>
2: Um, oh, you no. choose, dude, whatever you think will be Wait, the best. Wait, is
1: there a lost media that we are going to also refer, a very meta lost media that we're going to talk about? <laughs> we're about
2: too much. <laughs> Maybe
1: a clip of that lost media could be inserted. It's also not lost, Richard has Yeah, it. I, oh, no, but it's, it's lost to, it. to the ears of the patrons.
0: Yeah, uh, okay, well let, let's talk about a similarly lost media then, <laughs> um, with um, one of the most famous pieces of quote-unquote lost media um, is The Day the Clown Cried, the, mm-hmm. you, have you guys heard of this? Yeah. I Bagley.
1: heard about it 10 minutes ago when AJ told me. Nice. Um, so <laughs>
0: it's uh, a, a Holocaust film starring uh, Jerry Lewis, famous, uh, the nutty professor himself, Jerry Lewis. Um, and so it's about a, a circus clown who gets imprisoned in, a, imprisoned in a Nazi concentration camp. So it's the original Jojo Rabbit, but, um, <laughs> except like not really at all. But so th- this film essentially, it's, completed they they finished filming and then they just went fuck this is so bad we're (laughs) never releasing this and so there's been um and actually the entire plot is like available online because there are like very there's few people that have claimed to have seen the entire film um harry shearer from the simpsons is one of them
2: Mm -hmm. um
0: so he said he saw a rough cut in 1979 which is when the film was supposed to come out um and he said about the day the clown cried with most of these kind of things you find that the anticipation or the concept is better than the thing itself but seeing this film was really awe inspiring and that you are really in the presence of presence of a perfect object this was a perfect object this movie is so drastically wrong its pathos and comedy are so wildly misplaced that you could not in your fantasy of what it might be like improve on what it really is oh my god that's all you can say
2: Wow, mm. so it's real, re- actually, is real fucking bad. Then. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. And so, um, it, like it, it, when, it, when this was in production, it was like very controversial because it, it's the same kind of thing actually we, that we saw, but much worse with um Tyker saying, "Oh, I'm doing a Nazi comedy," and people go, "Fuck Tyker, the the Thor Ragnarok guy is he can't mm-hmm. do serious. He's and he's gonna take all Nazis." Um, and Jerry Lewis, this was um his kind of. His first big uh, dramatic role was the King of Comedy, um, which came out in 1982. So it was before that. And, um, you know, it was like, fuck, he, he's never done
2: anything serious <laughs> in his entire life. Um, and even this doesn't sound like it's particularly serious, if it's a circus clown going to a concentration well, okay. camp.
0: Do you want to know the plot? Yes. Okay. So Lewis plays a washed up German circus clown called Helmut Dork. Um during World War II. And then so he used to be famous, and then he's kind of down on his down on his luck a little bit. And he's in a bar one night and he gets drunk and he kind of and he mocks Adolf Hitler. And so he gets um interrogated by the Gestapo and put in a um a concentration camp. And then he's there for like four years. So he tries to like brag to everyone around him that he's like actually this famous performer and um they don't really believe him and he's kind of like an outcast in the concentration camp and then a bunch of kids end up coming in and um they go oh oh you're a clown you should you should perform for them and he does and then they don't really like it and so everyone beats him up and then while he's lying um and it's sulking about his predicament he sees um through uh, on the other side of the camp like through a fence um where the jewish prisoners are held because they were kept um segregated and he sees a bunch of jewish children and he performs for them and um they they love him and so he gets this new audience uh and so then eventually he's ordered to stop performing for them and then uh because it's strictly forbidden and then Uh, You know, he's like, oh, I can't see the kids unhappy, so I have to keep performing for them. Uh, But then the SS come and put an end to that. And then he's put in solitary confinement for a bit. And then uh, the SS gets an idea. They go, Jewish kids love this clown. So um, he ends up having to, like, accompany the kids to Auschwitz. And so he ends up being like a pied piper used by the SS to lead um, the children into the like gas chambers. And so he, the movie ends um, with him, like, they're like, oh, come on, you know, like lead the children into the gas chamber. And he goes, no, like, I can't leave them. I have to go in with them so that their last moments are filled with joy. And the movie ends with him taking a young girl's hand and walking into the gas chamber.
2: Why would you want to make that movie? That's such a. Like, everything about that, as, you know, as someone who's written things before, <laughs> as we, we all are, like, I would get to that point and be like, I don't really like this. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for this story. Yeah. Well, he didn't. Cause, <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So, so what. Does there any more information about how it. Like, did Jerry Lewis himself, like. Throw yeah, so, it away? so Jerry
0: Lewis directed it and stars in it. Um, he didn't right. actually write it, though. But. Um, it was, it was supposed to premiere at Cannes. Um, so sorry, it was actually 1972 that it was it was made, not not 79. Um But yeah, he he took the rough cut and then <laughs> essentially was just like, oh, this is mine. I'm taking this. No one's ever allowed to see this. Um, but uh, there was a a documentary that came out um, a few years ago that um, it was called Der Clown. And it was like yeah. a German documentary about it kind of thing. And it had about 30 minutes of the film in the documentary. And that wow. um, was uploaded online, like a 31 minute version on Vimeo of like footage of the day the clown cried. I remember seeing this and I like, I sort of scrolled through and watched parts of it, um, but that's now unavailable as well. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, it was uh, before Jerry Lewis's death. Um, he gave a the incomplete copy because apparently now the like fully finished cut of the film doesn't actually ex- exist but there's like a 75 minute um incomplete copy that has like pretty much the entire story in it that was donated to the library of congress which essentially exists to save media from being lost um uh, that was donated there and he said you can't um screen it before june 2024 um and then he died like a, a year or two later so we
2: might see this one day. What's happening in June 2024? <laughs> I it'll be something to
0: do with like copyrights or whatever. Oh, um, right. But yeah, or just just him estimating. I'll definitely be dead by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, mm. But yeah, there's a um, there's a French critic who's who's claimed to have seen it and said that he loved it. um there, really? yeah, there, there's like a handful of reviews out there some people are like this is uh you know an absurdist masterpiece and then some people are like, this is fucking bad <laughs> um but it, uh, right up until his death death jerry lewis um was being asked about it and so are we ever going to get to see it and uh one quote he had was in terms of that film i was embarrassed i was ashamed of the work i was grateful that i had the power to contain it all and never let anyone see it it was bad mm-hmm. bad 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 bad
1: he said but i'll tell you how it ends
2: wow hmm. i'll tell you how it ends that's nice
1: and of course if we ever see it it won't be as bad as it, you know history has well, kind of According to harry shearer it is it. yeah well i thought you're gonna suppose, say it yeah. won't be as bad as justice league and i was like yeah you're probably right <laughs> <laughs> so i just mean like it will be not it might not be good but like once mm. it's, it's become like a mythically kind of bad yeah. thing that yeah hmm,
2: it sounds it's kind of creepy the whole concept. is pretty uh, sad. There's like a creepiness mm. to it because of its subject matter. And well, the,
0: the, like um, what's it called? Uh, La Vita è e Bella, Life is Beautiful. Um, is mm. a pretty similar mm. movie. Um, right. Uh, with mm. about like you know, it's it's it starts first half as a rom com. Have you guys seen it? yeah i have um so like yeah the first half is starring roberto benigni the first half is like just a straight up rom-com it's very nice and then um him and his son get taken to a concentration camp and the whole time he's joking around and trying to make it like a fun thing for his son
2: wow but it's like it's It's very it's very tragic film right um okay well thank you richard um let's now go from. so we went from like a tentpole hollywood blockbuster you know big genre big big um big comic book film into something a little bit more obscure now let's dive right back into that tentpole hollywood blockbusters we never saw with rowan who we haven't really talked about this as as this this trio um not not on a recorded medium anyway um there is of course, released a lot sooner than I think anyone thought was going to be released um there is details about the alternate star Wars episode nine and
1: of course, when you say released, you mean leaked, leaked, no one released it <laughs> right true, true
2: um. Where the, you know concept art and a script was was leaked, uh, revealing what Colin Trevorrow, who was uh, removed from the project as director uh, before the last Jedi came out, just yeah, before, before last Jedi like a couple
1: out? of months before the last mm. Jedi was released.
2: Um, so th- he has his, the version of the script he wrote, which followed on from the last Jedi, um, leaked and uh yeah we haven't really talked I, it seems like such cult culture fodder mm. that the three of us have not recorded we've recorded our thoughts on the on the rise of skywalker um but not really on what sounds like could have been a much better send-off to the divisive sequel trilogy
1: i'll just start by saying uh thank you for tasking me with uh re- going back in and doing some Star Wars stuff. (laughs) The hardest one. (laughs) So I've really, I've really enjoyed not doing anything star wars for the mm. last few months
2: as as we, people won't know this but we have a group chat with the three of us and for a few months the name of the group chat was just fuck star wars and whenever we'd start talking about star wars for the first time in our uh, the three of our friendships we would all find ourselves agreeing and <laughs> and just stopping talking about it like, we'd be talking about star wars for a bit and then we'd be then Rowan would be like actually you know what fuck star wars and we'd be like yeah <laughs> like, Please and, and what's our
0: group chat called now aj
2: uh, absolute chaps. I forgot why. <laughs> uh, because <laughs> you said
0: of- something was absolute chaos, uh, but you
1: oh, said right. autocreated to chaps. Because <laughs> we're three chaps. Absolute chaps. Absolute chaps. Nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, like really hot on the heels of the rise of Skywalker being released to critical. Probably one know, of the worst panning. critical
2: responses I've ever seen a major Hollywood film <laughs> in my life
1: uh sure yeah yeah um from what i could follow sort of uh when i was following star wars news really closely i think the sequence of events was uh some some like famous you know some star wars leakers prolific star wars leakers uh released a version of an episode nine and accredited it to colin trevorrow which he then debunked on twitter straight away saying i don't know where you got that that is not my movie and it was like a horrible uh mm. sort of synopsis for the film and then about a fortnight later the jewel of the fate script started appearing online a bunch of concept art started appearing online stuff that you like when taken in aggregate you go oh this is this is legit this is a this is real and you know it completely debunked um the thing that had been accredited to colin trevorrow so i i you know tinfoil hat back on i think he didn't want his name being slandered i don't think he wanted people thinking uh the jj abrams thing was at least better than what he was gunning for um so you reckon Trevorrow released? I reckon someone in the Trevorrow camp was like, uh, no, this is not... Because he was rather unceremoniously let go from the project. And that at the time, there were a lot of people being like, oh, thank God, he would have been horrible. Yeah. Um, oh how wrong we were
2: <laughs> i think that that um I had, a th- I had a conspiracy theory that the rise of skywalker was actually a grassroots campaign to um bring public favor back to Colin and trevorrow in time for jurassic world dominion <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like an, an unprecedented move of studio cooperation for, and for, one
2: losing completely <laughs> yeah. um
1: yeah, so you can you can just jump on Google right now and punch in "Jewel of the Fates" PDF, and mm. you know moments later just be reading a hundred and thirty-three page script yep. for a draft that seems fairly far along. And um, if you don't want to do
2: that, uh, Mister Sunday Movies had like produced an animated mm, summation mm. of the plot as well, which is really good. Um, here I am giving a shout out to a channel that has. 10 10 times more followers than we do but um, there you it, go
1: but if you're interested in what this version of the film would be i i would recommend reading the script because it's as close to you know it's it's written to be readable like yeah. it's um you, you get sort of moments where you're like oh yeah yeah fuck yeah this is great stuff like the, mm. you, the action sequences kind of play out if you can get your head around reading scripts which usually takes a couple of pages to kind of fall into that rhythm yeah um you start getting a sense of what kind of movie this would have been um and do you want me to just run through the yeah the plot? Can, can we do um, like
2: not you know don't spend 20 minutes yeah yeah, yeah. Like so a like uh, spoilers
1: for a film that was never made um <laughs> the jewel of the fates takes place a sort of uh, they don't sort of ever clarify when it takes, what the time gap between Rise of Skywalker and Jewel of the Fates,
2: uh, between Last
1: Jedi, <laughs> last Jedi and uh, Jewel of the Fates was, but it's it's clearly some time has passed. You know, characters are described as being, um, like Rey in her initial description is described as not being the girl we last saw, but a grown woman, powerful mm-hmm. and strong. Like, um, Hux has like gray in his hair. So like, and the galaxy has moved on quite a bit. They're in like the grip of a sort of totalitarian lockdown. Um, Imagine mood. if it was like, 15 years later i think it's about 10 years later that's cr- that's it's a, cool. it's a pretty sizable jump wow. um and uh so the the whole thing sort of opens with a uh, a sort of heist gone wrong which results in our hero characters stealing a star destroyer mm-hmm. and there's uh you know it's very this sort of the setup initially is very reminiscent of the start of return of the jedi mm-hmm. um an interesting note is that like rose is the first recognizable character put on screen in the film mm. um and then Rey already has better than a... what she got a <laughs> rose <God. laughs> uh, no rose's uh she, her opening thing is that she's described as like battle hardened and uh like uh, uh, adventure worn and battle ready or something yeah. so she's given and she's given a lot to do throughout the film um the characters steal a star destroyer and then a good chunk of the movie takes place on Coruscant, which is the planet that was sort of the backbone setting of the prequels. Um, And the the script actually has a lot of material that weaves into the, into the prequels, into the rest of the saga and also just makes callbacks to like the force awakens. And um, and it's a, it's a very direct continuation of the last Jedi Mm. in, in lots of ways. Like Ray is referred to both, um, as it is, as she's like characters call her and refer to her as the last Jedi in a way that feels very sort of living up to the mm. promise of the last Jedi. Um, uh, so so the main sort of middle chunk of the film involves uh, the Resistance characters sneaking onto Coruscant so that they can hijack the Jedi temple and send a message out to all the systems. Cause the, the first order has locked down the galaxy and blocked all transmissions and, mm. and done a sort of blockade thing. Um, and so they send out like a beacon and we probably would have got a sort of sequence a lot like, um lord of the rings return of the king where the signal fires burn and we go through different places and you can sort of just tell that the plan there would have been like uh cue john williams like do your thing man make the like you know give us a a brand new piece of music that's just absolutely epic um yeah and then kylo ren's whole thing is uh going off to a, a temple and Uh, exploring the world of Mortis, which is not something I'm super familiar with, but I know enough that it's uh, a pretty deep cut from the Clone Wars cartoon series. So the, the film actually makes a lot of deep cut Star Wars connections that would have made the sort of super fans... Uh, it would have made them really happy, but it's the kind of stuff that you'd blink and you'd miss it if you were just a regular fan, um, which is ideal, right? It's, yeah, yeah, it's not the um, it it it's the yeah, there's a lot of fan service in the film, but it's not the kind of like punch you in the face. Don't you remember the original trilogy stuff that mm. JJ did for the Rise yeah, of Skywalker? Yeah. Um, the most on the nose piece of fan service, which um I think would have been quite cool or could have been quite cool, is um Kylo Ren has a empire strikes back style confrontation with a vision of darth vader where Mm. you would have had a pretty cool sort of fun you know visual iconography to me
2: that's the iffiest part that i read but i could see it being cool
1: but i could also see it being like
2: we got darth vader in the sequel trilogy are you happy (laughs) now everybody
1: uh well no for me the iffiest part is um this film would have been the first time that ray and poe had shared scenes and they go very quickly for a romance subplot between Mm. them which uh you know they're both fine actors so i reckon they could have really pulled it off Mm. it just kind of feels a bit I don't know, um, the but Poe and Finn it. are gay for each other. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. So it's like again, they they jettisoned any um, Finn Poe romance, um, which I guess just probably from the top down from Disney, they didn't want to do that or something. Um, but so so anyway, I re- I read this script again this morning in preparation for the thing, and the <laughs> the one thing I can say about that romance subplot is it does allow them to address the stuff that the prequel trilogy set up about how jedis aren't allowed to have attachments and Mm -hmm. it is their way of sort of um incorporating that into the script and letting ray become her own jedi and sort of abandon all the the pretenses of that um ancient religion um the the film then sort of climaxes for so does
2: does kylo ren meets like oh yes so no uh,
1: so kylo ren kind of gets his Vadering storyline yeah. where he uh he is becomes dependent on the mask and he gets a new mask and he kind of becomes his his own Vader. Yeah. Um all while uh going on this mission to discover more about the Sith, he he temporarily gets a new master who teaches him to be kind of this, um, force sucking vampire mm. who like kills people. But then very quickly he kills that master and becomes his own thing again. So there's even more of the, like killing the, like Kylo Ren's attitude of killing the past. I feel like you don't need um, to do
2: it twice, but all
1: right. <laughs> it's yeah. I, don't, I, I kind of, that's a bit that's iffy for me, the whole, they introduce this thing of like sucking the life force out of someone, um, mm. to restore themselves. Cause mm. anyway, um, and then the the sort of the best thing that this film does is give Finn a storyline where he <laughs> give Finn um, a storyline full shot. <laughs> the <moment. laughs> there yeah, you go yeah give Finn a storyline but a, a storyline which you know is sort of the obvious promise of what the force awakens set up where he um uh, empowers a bunch of you know uh inspires a bunch of stormtroopers to throw off their sort of conditioning and shackles and um and fight the good fight um and there's a cool scene where uh finn does for a stormtrooper what poe does for finn at the start of the force nice. awakens where he, you know gives him a name or they they talk about you know, how getting a name is the first step to sort of yeah, returning yeah. um and there's like immediate and, chemistry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the the sort of yeah they send out the message, and then there's a huge big sort of uh, you know people rising up in the streets type of thing to overthrow the first order on Coruscant, and um, it gets a bit iffy at the end where Ray and Kylo Ren sort of fight, 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 and then. Uh, at the last minute, um, you get a very similar beat to what happened in the Rise of Skywalker, where Leia sort of reaches out to to Ben and Kylo Ren, only hearing his mother's name is that's all the, all it needed to happen to uh, hearing his mother's what voice. Did you say all that it name? to happen to, mm-hmm. to turn him around. Yeah, it's a very sort of uh, it's just cheap. Um, overall, the film the 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 script is if I was to describe it, it, there's bits of it that feel really generic and feel kind of obvious. Um, Like at one point they do the, we are being," you know, here come the policemen or here come the stormtroopers kiss me for a distraction kind of beat. Um, There's a bunch of stuff there. And and it's like,
2: Oh, it's happening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's a bunch of stuff that just feels really predictable, but, uh, and it feels a bit safe, but overall it it does feel like a, uh, a much more sort of solid vision and a, and a better conclusion to the, to yeah. that trilogy, and it feels more connected to the saga than anything that happened in the Rise of Skywalker. I think. Um, um,
0: my my favourite part, I've only read one little bit of the script, and all it contains is um, the stage direction when Hux says, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. kill them all. And they're like, we're outnumbered. And then it says, the stage direction says, Hux realizes the tragic truth. He lost the Star Wars.
2: and and everyone's like oh
0: my god it's the worst script ever and it's like no it's like it's a stage direction it's a joke Colin Trevorrow put in there to entertain himself like that's perfectly funny and just
1: just for the actors and the crew the people that actually read the script yeah, yeah. yeah
0: and he and then he goes and kills himself with Mace Windu's lightsaber
2: Mm. yeah i didn't like that part i i do think hux might be the biggest like my my kind of underground star wars opinion is that the treatment of hux in the rise of skywalker might be my least favorite thing about the film because they literally just replace him with another character whereas i would have loved to have seen hux be the be the the big yeah. bad guy. Well, the also, they trilogy.
0: do something really interesting with him when they go when he's like, "I'm the spy." And you go, "Fuck, he was a spy <laughs> the whole time." And it's like, "Yeah, I've been a spy since the last movie off screen." That's <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. Um, then Ray- just run through some of my observations from the script, yep. and if you guys have any thoughts about them, it's like, um, Ray has a double bladed blue lightsaber in this film, which is just like a the fun. Like kill. anyone could have predicted that, but they just never went with that it. That would have
0: been a really good toy. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: <laughs> um, a bearded Kylo Ren like Adam driver sure. with a beard and a ragged cloak for the first part of the movie. Which been do pretty cool. Um, I've written here, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on pod. Yes. Fucking what? scenes. <laughs> How long
2: have you been coming Sorry. on the show? I don't know. <laughs> beat me out swear. if you want.
1: Um, I, yeah, I wrote fucking scenes between Kylo and Luke. And in fact, mm. Luke has scenes with all of the characters in the film that he should have scenes with. He yeah. has dialogue Ghost with Ghost Leia. He has, oh, sure, but it's the character. Um, he has dialogue with Kylo and he has dialogue with Ray and it's all, pretty good because stuff because in
2: the last jedi here the last thing he says to kylo is see you around kid yeah and then never see and so luke, <laughs>
1: luke sort of haunts kylo ren what in a, a way cool that's idea fucking yeah that's great. the
2: coolest idea from the script that luke haunts kylo ren yeah such and, a cool and idea. there's
1: a bit where luke catches kylo ren's lightsaber blade mm. in mid and like holds it and it mm, freaks so kylo cool. out yeah. um
0: i imagine him like uh, haunting a... kylo but it's just like when we see his daily routine in the last jedi <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. kylo gets up in the morning and he's just got a fresh glass of blue titty juice for him
2: and and he well, he's, he's kylo's brushing his teeth and, and luke's like "Ah, oh, you're only gonna brush your teeth for 30 seconds huh
1: <laughs> he's like oh god does it for a further minute and a half there's a there's a great line where r2d2 calls c3po elitist um <laughs> uh yeah there's it continues the promise set up of the last jedi of regular people being force users and mm-hmm. it uh there's a child character who's sort of like
2: broom kid broom not, not broom, broom
1: boy but there's like a there's a a reflection of that beat right. being sort of fulfilled by this film um, reverse broomboy. The thing I never sort of met, I didn't um, fully articulate about that sequence in the middle where they beam a message out to the outlying systems is that it's clearly a um, a, a poetic rhyming on Leia's hologram Mm. that sort of set off the whole saga, um, and that's sort of like a cool way of sort of bringing it full circle. Um, Leia obviously has lots of scenes and lots to do in the film, and she's an actual character in it, and I guess this gets to the... um, to, to why this film never got made um if, if we can want to speculate um carrie fisher died and they had to reassess what they were going to do for episode nine and this this film uh you couldn't just uh cut the layer stuff out really, it it sound, it really you described
2: work. all of it without mentioning layer once and it uh, sounded fine yeah sure yeah yeah sure you'd
1: have to like well I don't know. Read the script because she's she's in there a bunch. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, and she's she has a sort of exchange with Kylo at the end when Mm they, um, you know, force connect or whatever. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that's what happened behind the scenes is the the brain team, the brain trust at Lucasfilm went right. We don't have Carrie Fisher anymore, so we're going to have to do some rewrites to episode nine and pretty extensive though. In that process, Colin Trevorrow got fired. I guess I thought
2: he got fired because of Booker Henry. Yeah.
0: And also, Rose got sidelined. You know, like how they yeah. came out they were like, oh, Rose has a small role because we were focusing on the layer thing. Mm. I don't mean, make any it, fucking I think it, sense.
1: It's worth repeating. It's worth um, pointing out that this film was much like the last Jedi was written as a reaction or uh, uh, Ryan Johnson only read the script for the force awakens and saw footage. He didn't right. see the completed f- film. Well, he was wrong. Well, he maybe did, but um, he didn't get the global reaction to the film. This film was written based on the script for the last Jedi and not so much the film itself. So you're getting like a, a kind of cohesive storytelling that runs through based on what the writers were doing rather than that's, what the filmmakers were doing. That's
0: an interesting thing to think about because it's like you would read the Last Jedi, and be like, oh, yeah, cool. There's this new female character, Rose. Yeah. I'm sure, people are going to love her.
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> or okay. even if they don't, like, she's a major character set up in that film, yeah. so it makes complete sense that you carry her forward into yeah. the next film. Yeah.
2: The, the thing I've seen in concept art that, that has stuck with me about Jewel of the Fates um, is that during, at the end of the Battle of Coruscant, um, uh, R2 D2 dies. And there's uh, there's concept art of C-3PO like cradling a dead R2-D2. And I gotta say, I would have been stunned Mm. if that happened. That's such a good idea. Like, you read, you see whenever it's posted on Facebook, all the comments on that photo are like, no. It's (laughs) like, well, fucking, you've got to do this shit. You've got to set these stakes. Killing R2-D2 would have been a jaw dropping moment and mm. and something that really goes, hey, we're not which isn't which the reason they didn't do it is, is what I'm about to say. Mm. It would have been a, a way to go, hey, we're not just making sequels for sequels sake. We're actually continuing a story continuing and wanting and to concluding. Yeah, conclude stuff and to to um add to the legacy of what we talk about when we talk mm. about Star Wars. But they don't. They want to keep I mean, the original To burst your bubble
1: attached. in that same script, R2 D2 is repaired by the end of the film. Bullshit, don't repair him. <laughs> Kill him. Why not? Yeah, I, mean, it's R2-D2. I, I, I agree with you, they should have they should have killed some characters, um, yeah. but I don't know if you, yeah. The film f- concludes with R two D two uh recounting the events of the film from his uh, the saga from his perspective. I don't. Th- um, I think
2: they should have just killed him. That would have been a great end to sure. the character.
1: Yeah. In summary, I think Jewel of the Fates would have been a really fun summer movie. It, there's parts of it where I think, in reality, I think I would have not liked a lot of the execution or a lot of the ways they went with the story. But I don't think I would have just roundly hated it the way I. I think the, I would have ranked them
2: the last jedi jewel of the fates force awakens yeah i think i would <laughs> but what a strange thing to say based off a movie i haven't seen i think i would have liked it more than another movie i've seen
0: <laughs> well i mean um, if- to be fair though you did say you liked the rise of skywalker more than force awakens
2: no well. don't bring that up there was a brief moment of una- like that here's the truth the rise of skywalker was so bad it confused me to the point where i was like i didn't realize i didn't like it until two other people said they didn't like it. And then I was like, oh yeah, I didn't like it I'll either. I'll jump on that bandwagon. No, it wasn't a bandwagon. <laughs> it was like, a, it was like, it was, it was a profound experience to be honest. It was, and for those who don't know, which is almost everyone listening, I guess, like this, we, what we're talking about took place over a three minutes, not like a couple of days or anything. <laughs> like, like the movie ended and I was like, I think I, I didn't mind it. <laughs> and then within four minutes, people saying something i was
1: like oh my god that was terrible but imagine what would have happened if everyone around you had liked it yeah i would have loved it
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i i turned to you as soon as the credit started and i said is it just me or was that unfathomably bad And you went really i think i liked it more than the force awakens and then i was like fuck maybe i'm the arsehole (laughs) and then i
1: wandered over to you richard and you were like you were like real like you didn't you you were really uh uncertain about how I was gonna react. And I just did I just give you a thumbs down or something? And you were just like you I could see, just...
2: Richard, I I was there. Richard <laughs> yes. was like, what do you think of it? And you were like I fucking
1: hate it every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I vaguely recall Richard Yeah, just but like, you were so joyful in your hatred. You were like, yeah, yeah, bro, it was
0: fucking terrible. Well,
1: because yeah.
2: nothing's more fun than hating Star Wars. I
1: think. No, it is not. Yeah. It, was, I, it was a horrible experience, but I think I hated it from about 20 or 30 minutes and I was like, oh, this isn't just not good. I fucking hate this.
2: For me, it was just
1: immediately denying
2: my hatred whenever something I didn't like happened. Because <laughs> I was like, no, you've got to enjoy it, AJ. It's Star Wars. Oh, anyway,
1: I've really enjoyed the last few months of slowly taking. Taking down posters and removing pieces <laughs> of stuff. So I, I really don't need this right now. We wow. can move on. Um, although, actually, it's, uh, as we were talking about lost media, it did occur to me, or uh, you know, this—I'm um, a Star Wars guy. Like Star Wars has a disproportionate relationship to the lost media concept compared to other franchises. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the holiday special piece of lost media arguably the original cut of star wars is now a piece of lost media george lucas claims that when they did the special edition they damaged the negative in a way where we cannot get that film anymore which i call bullshit Mm. um but like yeah there's like the prequels are lost media
2: the rise of skywalker is lost media yeah lost to me yeah there's a bunch (laughs) of my fandom for star wars eh? is lost media yeah there's There's a bunch of there's a bunch of games there's like star wars 13 13 there's a darth maul game there's a
1: battlefront 3 that got like Halfway through production or something. Um,
2: And speaking of video games, if we Mm. can move along now to a piece of, I guess, lost media that I'm real fascinated by. Um, It maybe is a bit more niche than Justice League or Star Wars. Um, But when you look up Crash Bandicoot, right? You look up Crash Bandicoot games that never happened. There's a plethora of different, of various different games that never got off production, uh, got out of production. But the one that I am most intrigued by was a 2009 game uh, that was cancelled midway through production. It's made for PS3, uh, Wii, Xbox 360, and Nintendo DS. It has a couple of working titles. Uh, the most popular one used was Crash Landed. Um, Another title you'll see around is I Am Crash Bandicoot. Um, (laughs) My favorite one that I've seen only in only a few places, um, it was apparently briefly titled Crash of the Bandicoots, which I really like. Oh, nice um so the development of the game started in 2009 uh but was cancelled when activision decided to lay off the entire development team behind the game which Genius. is a very activision kind of move if you have even a, a vague knowledge of the gaming industry um so the the plot was after being mutated by cortex crash would have gotten entangled with a task of rescuing fellow bandicoots that weren't mutated and some they were sometimes called bandy keats or bandy depending on what you read um so unlike crash they weren't uh, evolved by scientific corporate contraptions so they were mostly defenseless little critters so they actually looked like what a bandicoot right. like a cartoon version of what a bandicoot actually looks like so I think
0: uh, I can tell why you like this so much why? because it's just Crash Bandicoot Oh, world isn't it?
2: yeah it's very similar to odd world actually yeah you're saving people um and it's it was kind of like a reboot of the series because it kind of takes place instead of the first crash bandicoot as well um in concept art the bandy keats or bandicoots are trapped in dangerous areas until crash freed them dingo dial would have been a major villain in the game and part of an unfinished cutscene that it shows him firing a bunch of bandicoots out of a cannon Uh, Despite footage of a prototype level for the Nintendo DS version of the game being leaked to the internet, which you can find, no finished gameplay footage of the game has been released or leaked to the internet. There are a few screenshots though and some concept art showing an open world version of the classic Crash Bandicoot Island environments with Crash and the other characters taking on a distinctly more cel-shaded cartoonish style. It's a very nice looking style, I think. Um, one of the main innovations of the game was an invention system. Uh, by finding and combining them to, things together, you'll be able to craft some rudimentary yet imaginative. I just copied this from the wiki. <laughs> effective tools, so you could stick a frog inside a pl- inside a plastic bottle and make a frog zuka. Um, you could use uh, catap- make catapults and jetpacks out of like soda bottles. Um, oh no, sorry, you filled them with fireflies and make a make a make a jetpack. Um, mm and uh the crash was going to have an upgradable health bar and judging by some screenshots this was coupled with the humorous detail of crash losing his pants after taking too much damage so when you're on like your last health point you're just running around in underwear um And here's something, I'd I'd looked up this game before and I didn't know this part, the game was going to be accompanied by a directly related spin-off called Crash Team Racing, Uh, Mm -hmm. not to be confused with the original 1999 Crash Team Racing, Um, so it would have been a racing spin-off which looks... There's a trailer for it online. There's like a prototype released of it. It looks fucking awesome. So you, the the they only made four characters, which was Crash, Dingo, Dial, Polar, and a new character called Land Shark, who would have debuted and crash landed. Um, and the carts would have been fully customizable uh, with tires and bumpers and engines. Um, so you could alter the carts so that they can do different things on the same track. So on one level, there'd be like a a vertical wall you can only drive up if you've got suction cup tires on so each track would have like replay value essentially because you could finish it in different ways um and another addition was uh special moves unique to each of the characters so crash could spin uh, and dingo dial could use his flamethrower um it's a cool looking looking pair of games. Tell you what, you guys should should look into it. Are you are you much into Crash Bandicoot, Rowan?
1: I don't have a PlayStation. Mm.
2: <laughs> this has been a very alienating segment of of this episode for you. Then
1: rather, it's interesting though. Mm. We did of, have to really-
2: talk about more than just just uh movies though i think if we're doing a media i've got i've
1: got a different spin to throw on lost media for the end as well
2: um so richard as a fellow crash bandicoot fan what do you think of that game uh
0: i actually don't think it sounds very good i um, what What? (laughs) well because this is this is coming after mind over mutant and crash of the Mm. titans and yeah i just i just think it would have been maybe a fine game but you'd be like why is this crash bandicoot Right. That's what I'm picturing. I did just as you were talking um looked up the the gameplay footage of the the kart racer and um that looks quite fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so there you go. That's that's my um when we, we assigned uh roles for this podcast episode we were like do a big one and a little one and my little one was a lot bigger than my big one because i did not <laughs> want to talk about justice league for <laughs> as long as if we did um but yeah okay well rowan you just briefly teased that you. Oh, i wish to spin. save that to the very end we've we got okay. any other
1: movies and things to talk about
2: all right well richard do you have another piece of lost media you'd like to uh, discuss? yeah i
0: did i do just want to briefly give a shout out to um speaking of video games uh, there's a game called wild that um the trailer was released in 2014, and I learned a new word this week: vaporware, which is um hmm. it sounds like malicious, but it's essentially for when something is a ana- and it's essentially the lost media version of video games or like software. Hmm. Um, oh, wow, for it's just vapor; it doesn't exist. Right. Um, nice. but the the sort of conceit of it was made by the guy who made Rayman, and the whole kind of idea was that it's set like millions of years ago and you can control like any animal <laughs> so you can like oh, fly around yes. as a bird and then like become an elephant and then yeah
2: could you also control the- what game is it where you can play as everything is it the same one
0: i think it's probably that but it never came out and it's probably and never you can will. play as
2: like flowers and bugs and atoms yeah i think that's probably it yeah and then also universes and stuff yeah
0: maybe Maybe not, but anyway, um, yeah, so this was announced and has a gameplay trailer in 2014, and every now and then I go, it must be out now, and I'll look it up, but now it's like, yeah, it's considered Vaporware.
2: No, oh, wow. That's so, a shame.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so my, my little one, and mm-hmm. also, you know, keeping this podcast timely- um there was a, an article written in the last week or two about um the original writer of the film yesterday and so this is yeah. similar to jewel of the mm-hmm. fates that it's like lost me- quote-unquote lost media i mean we don't have a script but it's like it's just a version of a film that was never produced um
2: so yesterday being the movie that came out last year about yeah the, the guy who after some kind of unexplainable global event he's the only one who can remember the beatles and um, then
0: and- uh yeah he he writes he you know passes the songs off as, as his own um, struggles for a couple of days and then gets a phone call from Ed Sheeran who goes do you want to be famous and he goes yep and then he <laughs> is an overnight success biggest star in the world so yeah. um, this guy Jack Bath um, that's B-A-R-T-H is the original writer of the script so he he was 62 when he sold his first feature script for, for yesterday Um, his version was called cover version And it was acquired by Working Title, which is the studio, and then eventually became Yesterday. um, And Richard Curtis was like, it it seems like as soon as he got the script, he was like, yep, you're getting a story by credit. I'm going to make it my own kind of thing. Um, And... Because, you know, he just liked the idea. And so Jack Bath was like, went to Hollywood and was like, hey, I, I'm, I'm a writer. I sold my first script at 62. Like, that's a pretty cool story, don't you think? And they go, nah, well, we really like the story that Richard Curtis and Danny Boyle are working together for the first time. So we're kind of going to hide the fact that you had anything to do with this. Um, also, it's interesting, uh, worth mentioning that Jack Bath, um, he wrote the episode of The Substance, A Fish Called Salma which is the one where Troy and uh, Troy McClure and Selma get married. Although he um, clarified that the planet of the apes, planet of the apes musical uh, was not his idea. <laughs> so like the best part of the episode. <laughs> um, but so the, the, most interesting thing I think that came out of the story is his original um, thing is, so he came up with the idea for cover version uh, when he was lying in bed one night and thought, fuck, if I came up with star Wars now, I wouldn't be able to get it made. I just don't, yeah. I don't have the connections um and it's it's not like the like if i was the if i was the first person to come up come up with it i wouldn't be able to do it um and so his it seems like it was a quite a a sobering tale like a, that a lot of mm. creatives can relate to that it's about all about the message versus the messenger and that in cover version he doesn't become an overnight success he mm. he's stuck real and, and that that brief moment in yesterday um is essentially sounds like it's the entire film Um, where you realize that I know I'm sitting on gold, and people don't care because I'm nobody. Um, which is yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with that, and that's kind of Jack Barth's um life. You know, he took him to age sixty two to sell his first script, but Richard Curtis came straight out of college, was mates with ron Atkinson, who hit it big, and he was like, "Sweet yeah, I'll let me ride your coattails." And so to him, to Richard Curtis. Um, if you have a good idea yeah you will inevitably end up rich and famous because that's how his life worked out and he he, you know presumably just thinks that everyone out there who isn't famous just hasn't had their good idea yet and so uh, uh, yeah that's the most interesting thing i I sort of got out of this is that like so relatable
2: the the bath version yeah totally We're 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 a podcast that's gone for five years, and we're the best podcast in the world, and we still have under (laughs) five hundred plays per episode.
0: (laughs) Um, But so
2: I I to be I have to be honest with you guys. I actually come from an alternate universe where Colt (laughs) Popshire is the biggest (laughs) podcast in the world, and so I came. I decided to invent it myself, and it's nowhere. (laughs) After all the ring, ring,
0: ring, ring. Hello, it's um the guy from um. It's Ira Glass here. (laughs) Um. Anyway, yeah. So there is like a lot of because. So Richard Curtis claimed that, um, he just just got told the idea and then wrote the script himself. But there is like a lot of similarities between um like the uh, character's name is the same and there's like there's a lot of similar story beats and it's like there is the love story but it's not as big a part of cover version and they both end on a joke about not remembering harry potter which weirdly richard curtis uh, richard curtis credits to sarah silverman he's like yeah yeah sarah silverman i met her at a party and told her the idea and she said oh it should end on harry potter on a harry potter joke which is in bath's original script so
2: it's maybe this is. I mean, I, I I'm definitely on Bath's side here, so I don't want to give Richard Curtis any leeway here. But it's not an incredibly hard ending. Yeah, joke it, m- it to might come just be a with. joke you come
1: to thinking about that yeah, material yeah, for long. Yeah, enough. yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: Because in yesterday, like Coca-Cola doesn't exist either, and and lots yeah. of things don't exist. Yeah, yeah. Um.
0: But. Yeah. I mean
1: that was the most interesting part of the film yesterday the 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 idea that it's not the material it's me like he yeah. can't get success and, and then
2: yeah and that's that's one of the things i hated about yesterday was that i was like you the if the beatles didn't exist first of all you wouldn't fucking have ed, ed sheeran like, and, and you, if yeah, you made those Beatles yeah, yeah. songs, no one's going to hear them. It's, it's, it's what is. Yes, and it sounds like my, my grievances was exactly the kind of film that, that Jack Barth had had yeah, written. And, and also
0: like the fact that in Yesterday, it's not like um, he hit it big on SoundCloud or anything like that. Like how people actually become famous yeah, when yeah. it's like they are just really talented but they don't have the platform it's just ed sheeran happens to be watching like public access television hmm. in a small town at like 11 30 at night yeah. and hears the song and like that, like that's the ridiculous part of it. it was like oh he's creating some buzz online you know yeah yeah um but then the, the yeah. not
1: ridiculous part of that is it takes a huge hand up from an established success story to for the the main character to get his yeah. break like
0: mm, yeah yeah mm.
2: and also I also didn't
1: like and Richard Curtis
2: has done this twice now that I can think of as he does and I'm sure we've talked about this on the podcast before like he's got two films about time and yesterday although I don't even want to call yesterday his now um where <laughs> it's like <laughs> the there's like really intriguing sci-fi concept <laughs> mixed with a love story and in both films he clearly cares more about the love story than the rules of his own universe and
1: I don't know. I'm, it's I was not a just, Black Mirror episode. Yeah, but,
2: but I, don't, I, can, I can have a love story in there as well. But I don't. That should be secondary to the much more interesting. Like I can watch a love story anytime.
0: Well, yeah, I think that's the thing. Is like, um, like about time is like, oh, it's a love story, but it has time travel, and it ends up actually being like you know a father son story, and I, I really like that about it. But um, it's just the whole. Like everyone's wondered if I could go back in time and like claim whatever yeah, yeah. piece of media as my own and write it um you know well, like would i be able to to get it and so yesterday is and, and this is what um jack bath said and they said that's kind of the most upsetting thing about it is that um it's actually you know cost him a lot of money and, and, and all this stuff because it's now he can't tell people he made yesterday because they go no you fucking didn't you richard curtis did but he said mm-hmm. the one thing that yesterday he said people um You know, the 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 film got kind of mixed reviews, but everyone thinks it's a great idea, and Mm. that's that was what was his, and then Richard Curtis ruined it and gave it mixed reviews, um, and so now it's like, yeah, talking about so time travel doesn't feel like it's a wasted concept concept on um, on about time because it's like yeah, there's there's trillions of no, they're not trillions, Mm. it's stupid, there's hundreds (laughs) thousands of time travel movies, um, but. Like yesterday feels like such a unique singular concept yeah, yeah. that it, it does feel wasted on this. Like mm, yeah. I would love to see cover version or like any other, but like it feels like the Beatles is the only artist you could do it with, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the whole go back in time or alternate universe where you know you came up with the idea first.
1: It's the sports almanac fantasy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And then the final film so aggressively feels like a Richard Curtis movie as well because yeah. yeah. the, the love story is so central to yeah. all of their concerns by the midpoint of the film. God,
2: it's so disappointing! It's mm. so disappointing because it takes what would be a universal when you just feeling. had
1: the idea. Well, sorry, not your when you guys were talking about it and your most anticipated and all you knew was the nugget of the idea. You were calling it like your most anticipated film. I of the thought year, it'd yeah. be great. Yeah. I yeah. love Danny Boyle.
2: Mm. I'm okay yeah. on Richard Curtis, but like <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. it'd be awesome. And mm. it ended up being, I don't know, I didn't hate it, but just it was like, com.
0: yeah, that, that's the thing, like, wrong people, in all the wrong ways. People ask me what I thought of yesterday. I gave it five stars. I, I fucking loved it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I was really, like, if I rewatched it again, I'd probably the flaws of it would probably, you know, mm. g- get at me a little bit more. But it'd be, a yeah, very I was just AJ really in the mood for a
1: Skywalker situation, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, I was just, it was exactly what I was in the mood for, and um yeah i just had a great yeah. time with it and
1: you know yeah, we, sometimes, we don't, we don't,
0: sometimes like and i think that that's richard curtis's curtis films that they're just like if you're in the right mood and you want to like have a nice love story you'll, yeah, you'll he makes get you it
1: feel good rom-coms
2: yeah mm. and nice i felt good yeah he was nice. like dude i think i like that more than the force awakens <laughs> 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 Um, all right, Rowan, what is your final one for the episode, what is your well, I have just lost two, media? There's
1: two pieces this isn't the, the tease I had before. Um so there's two pieces of lost media that like i you know it's just like on point to kind of talk about it. and that i reckon is um all the footage of eric schultz playing marty mcfly and back to the future <laughs> yeah. and uh stuart townsend playing Aragorn and lord of the rings like mm-hmm. those are examples of lost media that we just like it's so tantalizing because it exists <laughs> somewhere and mm. wouldn't you just love to see like it's kind of what we're going to get out of justice league is yeah, like yeah. alternate versions of the same movie just with a completely different spin on yeah, it yeah yeah um uh, what i what i was teasing before is we could maybe roll this into a little psa have you guys ever lost media like we've all made stuff all oh, right have you had that hard like that you know that just guttural crushing experience of losing media
2: is this um something you genuinely want to talk about or was this you oh, going talk about it briefly. man i can't think of a, of a second option <laughs> so i'm gonna no
1: nah, it just occurred to me before oh like, nice no no know. fair enough i've lost I've had a hard drive stolen and I've had a hard drive corrupt and stuff that I made mm. was on there and it's just gone.
2: I have stuff. I deeply, deeply never want to see again <laughs> um, get deleted off YouTube. When I, th- I'm only saying this cause you asked me, but the, the, when I was 13, me and my friends made like a, a very, mm. uh, bad, version of like jackass like us oh. doing like trying to <laughs> stuff and I remember <laughs> um I uploaded them to YouTube and because there was licensed music in it um they stripped the audio out of it yeah. and I didn't I no longer had the original versions on my computer mm. and so and I couldn't get it back because the audio had been stripped out of it and that was that's the most relate I can relate to your sentiment there is that <laughs> I had I had a yeah I had a had a video that was that I lost forever because YouTube took the sound out of it because it had uh, right. animals by Nickelback.
0: Yeah, I have a couple of things I made at broadcasting school that I'm like quite proud of. That I I probably could find potentially, or if I like spoke to people I haven't spoken to in years, um, I could like maybe find copies of it. But I know. I know where they are on the desktop of my MacBook that won't that hasn't turned on for like six years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, back up your media folks. Yeah. <laughs> one, two is one and one is none. Wow. Wow. What backup services do you guys use?
2: Google Drive? Yeah,
1: Google Drive. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. more like yeah, whatever.
2: Okay. Um, actually, as of two days ago, some lost media that we that Col Popshire has now is the behind-the-scenes footage of Winger and Troop our Star Wars web series that we started and never finished in in 2017. I deleted that off the hard drive, off the Google Drive, <laughs> because it was taking up too much space, oh and I was no. like, I'm, I'm never going to edit this.
0: Oh,
1: well, I'll just be the one to to shout out to the piece of pop culture cult Popshire lost media that i want to see mm. which is the episode that you guys will apparently never release unless what? unless someone no. puts forward a truck ton of money a thousand dollars on patreon richard <laughs> will give you access to it we have enough patrons where now we you guys could all just i think what you need is just rally just together a, a teaser like like insert fraction of a second of that episode here
2: no it's the <laughs> it's the day the clown cried of Co- <laughs> like that actually oh, wanna, it then it so it's funny
0: then. though there is actually a lost piece of media about that that because we, we did another podcast oh, yeah. uh called why did i do that with our friend um charlie who we had on spy kids um film franchise fortnight's and so we read on and we recorded like a two-hour podcast <laughs> talking <laughs> about um our experience because because the, the whole idea of uh why did i do that and go check it out is that like uh you you they, he gets guests on and they come and tell like embarrassing stories essentially things that you've done that make you think why did i do that and um we went on and told the entire story and got like really personal <laughs> and like all of our like Damn. where our relationship was at at the time um and then we <laughs> so we sent the files to him via we transfer um and you know it takes after seven days it deletes them and it got to like six and a half days and we messaged charlie and we're like dude download our files and then he was like, oh yeah and he did and then it got to like quite a while later and it still hadn't been released and then he messaged us and was like hey guys so i accidentally um lost um your your files do you guys still have them and neither of us did and um so now and then he just ended up releasing an episode saying i lost the episode about cult pops lost
1: episode oh
2: man it makes you wonder how much lost media is is like we transfer is responsible for or, is responsible, or snapchat is responsible for you know oh, like, when so think, many like <laughs> i think of all the drawings i forget to save on draw something and i'm like that's lost media yeah <laughs> Uh, well, cool. Well, if that's that's all we've got, um, I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to our rundown of some of our favourite, almost interesting pieces of lost media to um, you know tangentially coincide with the news <laughs> of the Snyder Cut.
0: To um, uh, you know, <laughs> well, so upset. How, how
2: we come up with our off weeks a lot of the time is like, right, what's a big news story? Okay, this. Um, how can we compartmentalize this with other examples? Let's do that. <laughs> so, this is one of those episodes. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking about this. And a lot yeah. of it was very interesting. So, um, maybe we can spin off this idea into, you know, maybe we can do an episode on. Um, on something
1: other than Star Wars? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Yeah, other
2: pieces of Lost Media. Or literally, actually, what is classed as Lost Media or unmade sequels. Like, maybe I we can, can do. Unmade sequels
1: on. would be a fun one.
2: Let's do unmade sequels.
0: Yeah. Um, or, like, maybe. Uh, you know, after this podcast comes out and uh, and gets like a lukewarm reception, uh, <laughs> then give me the chance to edit it and and release the Richard cut of this <laughs> podcast.
2: <laughs> Let's do it. Well, if you want to hear that cut, then please make sure that you're subscribed to Cold Pop, on all our channels. Um, I need a. I'm going to write. See my computer there, Rowan. Mm. I'm going to write down the outro on that computer and whiteboard marker <laughs> so, so that i can just read it nice, from now on nice. um but yeah you can find us on facebook youtube instagram twitter we're all at Cop pop there's, there's also the Cop pop podcast youtube channel which is what you might be listening to this one on um and you can also email us at media at gmail.com you can join our discord and chat with us every fucking day we talk on that discord so come and join and us and every
0: fun. fucking night
2: and the, and at the moment We currently have 69 members Ooh. So come and ruin that for us Come and ruin that milestone for us <laughs> um, And yeah And we also have a Patreon If you want to support the show Patreon.com Slash Colt Popcher Speaking of which Let's transition now Into our post-credit scene Fuck Star Wars, for this episode. Fuck, Star Wars. Fuck Star Wars Fuck Star Wars Fuck Star Wars Amen Okay, welcome to our post-credits sequence. This is part of the show brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash where if you donate $5 or more a month, such a small amount of money, you too can give us a little discussion prompt to talk about for this post-credits sequence. Richard, how are you?
0: Sorry, did you mean me?
2: Yeah, sorry. How are you?
0: Good. Sometimes, like, when- so, what's, What happened there was I was doing a bit pretending not to answer but i could see in the reflection of your glasses that you had clicked away from me <laughs> and so you had a moment where you panicked and thought that i like didn't hear you or i misunderstood the question mm. um and so it created a fun little um misunderstanding
2: I, could you tell if i was just looking at porn right now uh we try it all right uh porn images ah god (laughs) you never think it's going to be like actual porn for some some reason i thought if you google porn into google images there's some kind of safeguard that's not going to show you actual porn but
0: did did it actually come up with actual porn for you
2: yeah there was like oh
0: okay yeah there's actual porn there was actual Um,
2: bonus and stuff
0: (laughs) it depends on you know if you've got safe search on
2: Mm, i don't i never do dangerous yeah Yeah, fuck yeah Uh, anyway (laughs) yeah so this is our post-credit scene um you can give us this if you donate uh more than five dollars or more at patreon.com slash cold um and today's post-credit scene comes to us from kate pickwith another one from kate pickwith who says what are some of the best adult jokes hidden in kids movies bonus if you missed it as a child um what's an example of an adult's joke in a kids movie I feel like the, this is such a cliched answer, but fuck Road to Eldorado is a filthy movie for a kid's movie. yeah, have you seen that
0: movie? Uh No since I was a kid
2: yeah, that's filthy dude. there's like literally like a, I know
0: I know the I remember the blowjob there's scene.
2: a blowjob scene in it it's a kid's movie and even I remember I watched that movie so much as a kid, and even as a kid, I remember seeing that and being like something's going on here. Like this is very mm-hmm. graphic for a kids movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, look up Eldorado blowjob." Look up that. I feel like that's that's probably the craziest thing I've seen in a in a kids movie um but i'm sure there are other examples there's that scene i we must have talked about this before but there's that bit in shrek where lord farquaad is watching um princess fiona on the magic mirror over and over again and people say yeah. you see him get a boner but it's just a, for me it's just this real uncanny valley um sequence where it kind of feels like the camera's staying on him for a bit too long cuz he kind of like looks hmm. down at his crotch and then like pulls his sheet up and and looks real nervous and it it feels more like a joke that doesn't land than anything else but you know 20 people would have animated that scene so <laughs> someone yeah. knew what was going on
0: um also i think just the law the fact that his name's Fuckwad. yeah that's one
2: i think do you know what i think i got that when i was a kid though
0: yeah, like that's the thing. It's like, and, and like, the, do you think he's compensating for something? Like all these, like I feel like I got them.
2: Well, I didn't necessarily get that because I didn't know what the word compensating was when I was seven or eight. But I remember, I remember hearing he was Lord Farquad and thinking, oh, because because of fuckwad, which was a you know common expression in the playground when I was <laughs> in, in two thousand one. Um, but it, that that then makes me think it can't be fuckwad. Because it's too obviously fuckwad that how did that make it past? The only way Farquad makes it past like the the board of senses or ever is by them explaining it's actually means something else. I've always mm. I've always assumed that, and I think I've read it somewhere as well. What does Farquad mean? <laughs> oh, it's just bonus. <laughs> Ah, uh, the name of the character closely resembles Fuckwad. All right.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. All right. <laughs> Better <of> living, everyone. <laughs>